The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go Beyond Reality. Welcome to the program. It's Beyond Reality. I'm your host, J.V. Johnson, and I am ready for tonight's show. In fact, this tonight's show has been about a year in the making. Why a year, you ask? I know somebody's asking that. Because Ronnie Dawson, our guest tonight, was on about a year ago, and we never got to finish his story. I mean, we we got the gist of it. He's an alien contactee, an experiencer. A lot of new names for this stuff these days. But he uh, was contacted by alien creatures. And when I say contacted, he was actually touched and manipulated. And he actually had an opportunity to travel to see what the home planet of these aliens looked like. And we had him on about a year ago, and as he was telling the story, we realized, wow, our time is up, and we did not get a lot of the details. So we will be getting those details tonight with Ronnie Dawson. He traveled through a Stargate to see where these aliens came from. His first contact event started in 2012, or no, excuse me, 2010. That's when he first encountered these aliens. They invaded his home. They ransacked his home. They paralyzed him in his bed while they were doing this. And he'll explain all of it to you. He actually has some drawings of some of the things that he saw. We shared those last time, and we're going to share them again tonight. So it's going to be a great show. I'm excited about this. What I'm not excited about is this coronavirus stuff. You know, in the beginning of this, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, don't get all crazy about this because the flu kills X number of people a year and it's just another illness and we have to learn how to deal with it. Well, that was very, that, that seemed very logical and very true at the time. Things are starting to change. And I'm not saying for me. In the reports I'm reading, there is much more concern about this virus than there was before. And a lot of it comes from the fact that if you look at what the Chinese government has been doing versus what they say, there's a real disparity between their words and their actions. And what I mean is they talk about things being under control. They talk about it not being very serious. Their numbers don't necessarily seem logical when it comes to cases uh, of people of, of people infected versus um, deaths. And then you see the images that are being uh, mostly snuck out of China of them walking down streets and washing streets down with ant, uh, some type of viral killing uh, liquids. And, and, and they're going through dragging people out of their homes and they're building temporary hospitals that can accommodate tens of thousands of people. There's something that doesn't match up between the words of the Chinese government and their actions. Now, you add to that that this whole idea that this coronavirus could have actually escaped from a Chinese biological weapons lab, the only one of which is in Wuhan, where this disease first showed up. That theory in itself started out as being, you know, talked about in the conspiracy circles. It's still being talked about in the conspiracy circles, but there are now people in the U.S. government that are talking about it. There are now people internationally that are talking about it. So there is a lot to learn here yet, and one of the things that is being talked about here in the United States, first of all, I think it was like $1.15 billion has just been allocated by the U.S. government to handle what's coming 
from this coronavirus. Experts in the United States are now saying that a spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. is not a possibility anymore. It is absolutely certain. U.S. health officials are warning that this virus will spread more widely in the United States as they watch it happen in Europe and, of course, Asia. Italy is now a hot spot for this disease. There's a quote from Dr. Nancy Messonnier of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and she says it's not so much a question of if this will happen anymore, but rather more of a question of exactly when it will happen and how many people in this country will have severe illness. So, you know, nobody wants anybody to panic, of course. And I'm actually a little bit concerned, and this is rather selfish of myself, but um, I, I'm headed to, first of all, I'm headed to Canada in a couple weeks. I've got an event out in Victoria, Canada. Anybody in the in the Pacific Northwest close to Victoria, Canada, I will be there uh, March 20th through the 22nd. And then on the 23rd of March, I hop on a plane and I go to Holland. And I'm going there because my son graduated from grad school, and he and I are going to do a little traveling, and then I'm going to help him come back to the United States. I'm a little bit concerned that there's going to be a travel ban in effect before that happens, and I won't be able to go. I, you know, I don't know what happens in that case. And if, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, of course, I'm worried about getting ill as well. I suppose everybody should be, but I'm going to probably be one of those guys with a mask on in the airplane. You know, I mean, I'm going to be in an airplane for like, well, it'll be something like 12 hours for my travel from the West Coast all the way to Holland. But just the trip from uh, from the U.S. to Holland is like a seven-hour plane ride. And I am going to probably be the guy with the mask on, because who the heck knows, right? I, I don't care what I look like. I just do not want to be sick. Um, and I'm worried about my son. He's already over there. I mean, I don't know that Holland has many cases, but if it's in Italy, you know, there's not really anything to stop it from uh, spreading into the rest of Europe. So anyway, uh, be cautious, people, uh, you know, especially if you're sick. Now, the problem with the coronavirus, it appears that it, that you can um, you're you're uh, you're contagious even when you're asymptomatic, when you don't have the symptoms yet, you can be spreading this. So it's really all right now about being in contact with people who have traveled. Be cautious. Wash your hands. Be safe. Keep your hands away from your face. You know, all that stuff. We don't want this to become a problem. Now, the best thing that can happen, of course, is the weather can become warmer, and that tends to make these things die off. And we are right on the verge of that. I, I'm not saying it's happening here in the, in the Northeast. In upstate New York, it's not. I mean, we had a 50 degree, 53 degrees actually yesterday. Felt like summer, I will tell you that. Today, back down into the 40s, which is still kind of warm. But I think we're looking for teens um, the next week or so. So it's not warming up here, but hopefully... Uh, you know, before this becomes too much of a problem, the temperatures will rise and it'll stop it in its tracks. That's what we can hope for. Anyway, I hope everybody's having a great night. Just looking ahead at what we've got coming up on the program, now that I've depressed you all. Tomorrow night, Jeff Joet will be with us. We're going to talk about soul regression with Jeff. And then Thursday, we've got Robert Sullivan. He wants to chat about movie symbolism, the symbolism that can be found in many, many films, some classic films, some newer, more contemporary films. He says there's stuff in there we can find and see uh, that relates to uh, things that we all talk about. So that'll be interesting. And by the way, I just want to mention that I, 
uh, had an email exchange with our guest last night, Jeffrey Seelman, and he apologized, although it wasn't his fault, that uh, we couldn't complete the interview. He's looking forward to coming back. And, you know, the funny thing is I was just about to get into the demonic part of the conversation and pop. We lost everything here in the studio. Lost it all. It was gone for like 15 minutes. And then uh, and then we came back. But at that point, I couldn't get I couldn't get a hold of Jeff. Slick was trying and I think he he had no idea what was going on. So he just uh, I think he hung it up for the night. But he's anxious to come back. He's anxious to come back and, and get back on the program, and we will have him back because it was a great discussion. I do want to mention that our chat room has a bunch of great people in it. Steph, thank you for the package. It arrived safely, and at the end of the program, I'm going to show off some of the things that you sent. Thank you so much for doing that. If you're looking for our chat room, it's very easy to find. It's part of our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for JV Johnson. When you find that page or that channel, subscribe. Our numbers are going up. We've got a great community there. I love to see the, uh, the the number of people involved in our chat room climb steadily, and it has been, and that's terrific. And you can help us do that as well by sharing the page and the link and all that stuff with friends on social media. Let them know. We've got a great, great community of people here, and we have some really interesting discussions throughout the course of our weekly visits. Plus, we've got a back... Uh, log of episodes. We got uh, what five hundred fifty or so back episodes on the YouTube channel that people can, can can scroll through and find topics that interest them specifically. A lot of great stuff there. So we have to go to break, and when we come back, we will bring in our guest. Our guest uh, Ronnie Dawson is going to tell us his story about alien home invasion, alien contact, and travel through a stargate. That's tonight's episode of Beyond Reality. Please support the program. Go to patreon.com slash Johaw. That's J-O-H-A-W. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, We've got a really great program tonight because we're excited to have our guest back with us. It was about a year ago that Ronnie um, Dawson came onto the show and told us about his story of alien contact and experience. And we had to kind of rush him along because we ran out of time. And we promised him at that point we were going to bring him back on so we could get into some more detail about his story. And then, of course, time goes by, and here we are a year later, and uh, we finally had an opportunity to do this. Um, Ronnie, welcome back to Beyond Reality. It's great to have you here tonight. Yeah, thank you, JV. It's good to be here. It's always good to be on Beyond Reality Radio. What have you been doing for the last year? Uh, You know, obviously we're going to get into your story, but um, what's been going on? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not one of those guys that goes around touring UFO conferences and stuff like that. I've I had an amazing encounter, but I'm just a regular regular Joe, man. I, I work for a living. I drive a crude oil transport truck. I still do that. I have a I'm a father, and I have uh, three kids, and so I'm at basketball games and and everything else. So let I'm me busy. Let, let me ask you this, and again, we're going to get into the story in its entirety in just a couple minutes here, but just in general. Do you live your life differently now that you've had these experiences? Are you able? To, are you able to go out and enjoy things as you normally would? You, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, you don't realize that when 
experiences. You know, I have to, you know, I had an amazing UFO alien encounter, but I still have to, I still got to pay the rent. I already shut my electricity sure. off, you know? Yeah. So. But do you, um, you know, do you like look over your shoulder? Are you worried? You know, you're kind of looking around corners, uh, you know, out of the side of your eye to see who might be following you or watching you. You're looking up in the sky to see what might be up there looking down at you. I mean, is that going on? Or, or is it so second nature to you now that you don't even worry about that? Uh, every morning when I get, when I walk out of the house, I look up at the sky and, and I see that it's not full of UFOs. And I, I say, OK, it's not today. <laughs> it's not today. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your background before the UFO encounter and the alien encounter. Who 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 is or was Ronnie Dawson? Yeah, I was just I'm just a crude oil uh, crude oil transport driver. You know, I just I work for a living. I'm, I'm out here in some of the most rural locations in Texas, and some of the places I go is are ten miles off the highway. And you know, and I always thought my whole life, if, you know, if there was anything going on out there, UFO or alien related, I would have came across it by now. So I was kind of a skeptic. I was more of a non-believer. You, so you hadn't had anything happen to you prior to that point, and you considered yourself a, a skeptic and a non-believer. Right. Yeah, for 20 years, you know, I've been working nights out here in the middle of nowhere, and I hadn't seen anything. You know, I've seen space shuttle re-entries, and, you know, everything I've seen at night could be explained. Uh, but that all changed about 2009. Anybody else in your family, whether your parents or I don't know if you've got siblings or cousins or whatever it happens to be, any of those people prior to your experience uh, either, A, believed and talked about this stuff or maybe have had had an experience themselves? No, absolutely not. You know, it was nothing like that. Nothing like that in my family, you know, and you'd be you'd be criticized if you seen something like that. So, that's, so, that's, so your whole family was basically skeptical and non-believers. Oh, yes. What about um, the community where you maybe grew up? Uh, are you still in the same community that you grew up in? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm, I moved away for a long time and I worked at other places, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I came back in t- here in 2006 after being away for about 20 years. And uh, yeah, I'm, you know, it's the same community I grew up in as a kid and same streets I walked as a child. And d- was there any history of this type of thing going on in the community prior to your experience? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember a lot of uh, UFO stuff going on down here. But you know, I, not far from here, the Dublin, Texas, had a UFO encounter way back, way back in the 1800s. It was like they called it the first Roswell. You know, yeah, that's right. Isn't there, isn't there a gravesite nearby that has uh, an alien, supposedly an alien body in it? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, all that far from Aurora. I'm within 80 miles of Aurora, Texas. You know, where all that went down. But was that part of that same, uh, for, quote unquote, first Roswell encounter experience, or was that something uh, no, different? This was not far from there, but it, I gotcha. it, it was a different encounter. Uh, but it wasn't too far from the same period of time. You know, I'm not. I, I'm about 45 miles from Stephenville, Texas, where they had a big encounter too. So there has been some activity there beyond just beyond your experience, uh, you know, over the over the course of time, but not enough that you'd say it's necessarily a hotbed of activity. Yeah, it it, it hasn't been like that, you know, uh, not around here, not not that I remember growing up, you know, uh, we we never seen anything like that. Right, right. Okay, so then you know you're you're moving along, you're minding your own business. Um, you're an oil field worker, uh, working in the oil industry in Texas. Tell us what happened in the very beginning. Well, you know, 
first thing I, I noticed was that, you know, Stephenville had their big encounter, and it was about a year after that. And I didn't see anything that night. Uh, but you know, I was working nights out here, and I started seeing lights moving about the trees that were odd that couldn't be explained. And then they would just blink out and go away. And at one point, I seen one appear out over a field. It dropped down to the field about 200 feet, sat there for a second, and then it popped up 200 feet to the same point it was at before uh, it went, it it descended, and then another one joined it, and both of them blinked out together. So I was seeing some stuff out here that was just freaking me out that I couldn't explain, and, uh, no reason for anything to be out there like that. So you're looking out into the field, you're seeing lights, first you see them in the sky, you see them come down to the field. Did it scare you? No, I was just really curious as to what in the world that could be, because you know, this is out in the middle of nowhere, there's nobody around here today flying drones or anything like that, no no uh, farmhouses, ranch houses, anything like that. And so there just wasn't any excuse for any life to be out there. And, and you know, I'm an RC pilot myself, you know. You wouldn't want to put anything out there at night like that. You'd right. lose it. Right. Would. Right. So you, this is happening. How big was what you were seeing? Was it large or was it – you mentioned drone. Obviously, if I mean, if it was to be confused with the drone, it wouldn't have been very big. So what, what size was it? Oh, this – these things weren't very illuminated. They were just one light that was floating about the trees, you know. It was very mm-hmm. dim light, but a, a pretty good size light. And uh, it was it's, I don't believe it was a crowd. I believe it, I, you know, I was beginning to think that maybe it was some kind of an alien drone or something like that, some kind of exploration drone uh, that they maybe they were using or something. So, But I was just really curious as to what it was. I wasn't that afraid of it. I was yeah. just fantasy, uh, you know, I was amazed by it. So what you're saying is that you saw these things – you said they weren't. You didn't think they were a craft per se. You thought they might have been some type of probe or, or uh, alien exploration drone. I think is what you said. Yeah, it's way too too small to be any kind of a UFO craft that would have people in it. I mean, it's a, these things you know couldn't be. They looked like they were from two to four feet big. You know, and, yeah. and there's no way anybody could be in one of those. I mean, they were they were very small. Did they make so a noise? I wasn't concerned about it being a UFO itself. Did they make a noise? No, there was absolutely no noise, and and I thought of I called a MUFON guy, and he and he drove out there, and he spent the night out there, and one of them passed over his head, and he called okay, hold me on. up. So going, oh my god, one of them just went right over the top of my head. I yeah, don't know what that is. You're getting a little bit ahead of us here, I think. So you you witnessed this. Uh, this was the first night of encounter you had, right? Yeah, that was that was some of the first stuff I was seeing. The, the first really amazing thing I seen was a cattle abduction. That was prior to seeing these drones. That was after seeing these. After drones. okay, so the night you're seeing these these whatever they were, you think they might have been some type of probe or a drone uh, from the aliens uh, exploring. Were they? Do you do you get the sense they were looking for you or looking at you, maybe observing you personally? I know they, they never got really close. They never passed right over, over my head. They always stayed within 100 yards of me. They floated just above the treetops, and then they would just go out. How long did this whole thing go on for? It was, it was, it was probably for, for at least a couple of months, I think, because you couldn't go out there. I worked only two nights a week, Wednesday and Thursday nights. And I, I remember going out there, and you couldn't go out there on Wednesday and Thursday night and not see something odd like that. So it was happening every Wednesday or Thursday night? Yeah, every time I'm out there at night, you know, I would see these things, and it wow. was just really weird. Did you ever have anybody with you that also saw them? 
you know, I, I talked to a lot of people and they said, oh, yeah, we're seeing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you know, a lot of people, a lot of farmers and ranchers and people around there were seeing them. And, but everybody had their own excuse. You know, one guy was, he was sure they were military uh, helicopters performing night maneuvers, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, helicopters, you can hear them. You know, they're right. noisy things. That's you know, right. this thing made no noise whatsoever. That's right. Um, so you said that after this happened, you contacted MUFON. What happened when you contacted MUFON? I contacted MUFON every time I seen one, you know, and I filled out a report. And then, uh, but you know, I was some of the, you know, some of the reports I had. I had some close friends, you know, telling me, you know, you got to be careful, man. You're going to lose your job, you know, if, if the wrong people hear about you. You know, you're driving a oil transport. You're seeing stuff like that. It's not the kind of guy somebody wants driving their truck. Say, man, you need to be real careful about who you're telling about this. And so I was kind of. I wouldn't. When I put a, a report out there, I, w- I was more or less just trying to see if anybody else was seeing it, and just indicating that I had seen something, and hoping somebody else would let me know that they seen it as well. It was really the whole reason I was on the MUFON report. So you, I knew you, there wasn't really enough evidence for anything anything to come of it. Yeah, you wanted it on record. And you also wanted to see if anybody else might be experiencing the same thing. So you could get some validation, right? Because you're probably scratching your head saying, hmm, am I really seeing what, am I, what I think I'm seeing? And can it be explained by uh, something more conventional than what I'm starting to think it is? I mean, you're looking for some kind of validation. Right. And and, uh, and MUFON's challenged me to get some pictures. And uh, so uh, I started carrying a camera in the truck, you know, and making sure the batteries were ready to go and... and uh, and I found out, man, these things are hard to get it hard to get a picture of because it's almost like they're watching you. As soon as you pull, you can, they'll let you sit there and watch them. And as soon as you pull your camera, you grab your electronic device, man, they go, they blink out and they don't come back. So you said that um, a MUFON investigator actually came and spent the night. Yeah, he he came and stayed in his vehicle out there and invested because I'd filed so many reports in that area. Uh, is in the area between Cisco, Texas, and Rising Star, and, and he actually. Came out there and he said he spent all night in his vehicle checking things out in that area. Mm-hmm. And then he called me. He called me the next day and he said one passed right over the top of his head. So he had an experience as well, right? Yes. Is this something uh, your reports and maybe his follow up investigation are those things that are available publicly on the Mufon website or anything? Or are they private? I mean, most most of the Mufon. Mufon is really good about cataloging sightings. You know, uh, they're not. I don't. Th- I don't think they're that good at researching. Or at least the area that I'm in, I uh, wasn't too impressed with the research and follow up they did. Um, but they are very good at cataloging sightings, and and, yeah. and it is accessible to anyone. Which is so. Can so can someone log on or go to the Mufon website and look up? I don't know. Maybe it's by your name, Ronnie Dawson, or maybe the town, and see your reports, and maybe see the reports of the guy, the investigator that was there, or not. Yeah, yeah. They won't. They won't release your name. They keep all that private. But you can you can look in the area. You can research it by the area. You can research it by the date, and see uh, what all has been going on in that area. Okay, so you, so, so you had this introduction. It's a, it's kind of a benign introduction. You see some stuff, but you're not bothered by it. You're not. In a, uh, approached or touched or whatever you just you just had what a lot of people have is some kind of visual encounter and uh, you see some strange lights in the sky not sure how to explain it what happens next right well the, the most uh, the most amazing thing i had seen yet occurred i was traveling south to cisco texas in my crude oil transport truck going uh, going after a load down there and 
and all of a sudden night uh, there was some lights that came over and over the highway down uh, up ahead of me and then there was like nine of them all together and when you say nine huge like when you, when you say nine of them you don't mean nine of those smaller drone things that you're seeing you're there they were bigger than this oh yeah these lights were very, were pretty high up in the sky and uh, they were they were dim lights but they were huge giant lights and i mean they had to be the size of a car the lights itself are larger and it seemed like it wasn't really a light it was it was like something that was that was lit up something else you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit uh, on us here, Ronnie. I don't know if, if you're moving around the house or not, but um, you said it wasn't like it was just a light. It was like a light lighting up something else. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was illumination shining out of something, like a, a porthole opening. Oh, I what see. It appeared to be. I see. I see. And you said there were nine of these craft. Yeah, nine. There was nine of these lights, and they were stretched across an area of the sky that probably. Oh, it had to be a half mile long. And then three of them broke off from the main part of the craft and descended, started descending towards the ground. And uh, I was traveling down the highway looking at all this, and, and I actually started getting up underneath the big craft where I couldn't see light, the lights. You could not see me. You just couldn't see my point anymore. So I was driven under it. All right. I, I, again, you're breaking up a little bit on us. So you were you were approaching, you were heading in the direction. You kind of got under one of the larger craft, and you said you couldn't really see the craft because of the way the light was. Yeah, it's almost like I had driven up underneath it, and uh, I could no longer see the lights. I could mm-hmm. see the three that broke off from the craft and had traveled uh, to my left, off out into the field over the field. But I could not see the other six lights that should have been directly overhead. Could you tell what they were doing? Were they were they engaged in some kind of activity, or do you think they were just hovering there? This this big old huge thing was just hovering there in the sky, and uh, the three that broke off they traveled over to the field, and uh, and I was getting closer to to the location of this thing, and I was watching it out of my driver's side window, and I rolled my window down so I could see it better. And uh, and it was, it hovered down to the field, and then it stopped, and it, it traveled fairly quickly over to the this location. This blue beam shot out of the craft, and it wasn't bright blue. It it was just a dark blue beam that was shining down the ground. It was bright enough that you could see that it was a beam coming out of the craft, but you but it mm-hmm. wasn't like a spotlight or anything like that. And and then on the ground there was there was like a fluorescent glowing humanoid. Uh, looking like a person with a bobblehead out in the field, and it had this weird yellow-green light uh, glowing brightly around it. And I was observing all this out of my truck window and just freaking the heck out, trying to figure out whether I should stop or not. And I was thinking about stopping and just observing it all. And then all of a sudden, in the blue beam, I saw something about 30 feet up in the air, and it was dark. It was dark blue because it was inside the blue beam, and it was darker than the beam itself, and, and I couldn't really get focused on it. And then all of a sudden, I, I, I did focus. I could see it. It was, it was a cow, and it was suspended 30 feet in the air, and it was whipping its head from side to side and being lifted. Oh, wow. And, and when I seen that, it, uh, all thoughts of stopping and observing this went away. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I just wanted to keep, I, wanted to, I thought I'll be next if I hang around here. 
and it was a confirmation to me that what I thought was thinking that these laughs weren't from around here were probably accurate. It's, you know, it's nothing, you know, it's, it's not nothing that you could explain. So I'm pretty sure ET was involved in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't have any uh, knowledge of any reports of U.S. military craft uh, suspending cows and bringing them up into their ships. Doesn't make any sense. So clearly, it was something non-terrestrial. But what? Um, so you see this now? All of a sudden, you're concerned because, as you just said, you thought if you hung around there, you could be next. So what do you do? Just hightail it out of there? Yeah, I just I didn't even want to look out of my window anymore after I seen the cow. And and you have to understand the way the cow was being lifted. It it wasn't going. It wasn't flat going up, and it wasn't. If you uh, if you harpoon a cow, it's going to be like it's so heavy. It's just going to be like dead weight hanging from a cable. Right. Uh, this this thing was. Uh, it was kind of like it was just. It was the way it was floating up, man. It was like it wasn't flat, but it wasn't like it was uh, harpooned or anything like that. It. That the head was down, that and the other the back part of the cow was up, but it wasn't straight up and down like it would be if you had roped it or hung it or something like that because the cows are that heavy. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're big, heavy animals for sure. So, so you got the impression that whatever force was being used to lift this cow up into this craft was basically surrounding the cow and lifting the whole thing. Yeah, it was lifting it up, and it w- certainly wasn't. Uh, you know, gravity was no effect on it because of yeah. the way it was being lifted. It was, uh, you could just tell that it wouldn't uh, hard. You know, if you harpooned it, it would just look like a teardrop because it was so heavy. Right. You know, that's just not what it looked like. It was, it was the way it was floating up and the way the cow was moving his head from side to side. He couldn't have whipped his head like that. So a- after the fact, uh, you know, if we fast forward a day or two, were there any reports of cattle mutilations or anything like that? Yeah, I was amazed because there's people live around there, you know, and uh, I was ho- and I was looking at the MUFON reports. So I was hoping somebody had seen something. Uh, there's a church up the road. There's, there was a good bit of traffic, but most of the traffic stopped when I got to the church. It was like that's, that was where everybody was going. So and once I got just south of the church, man, the highway was really lonely down there. <laughs> I would have been really happy to see somebody else down there. So, you know, I, I and I looked at the different reports hoping somebody else had seen. Yeah, but know. what about just in general, like local newspaper or anything? Any reports of nothing. No, farmers nothing. missing cattle or anything? Though. Nothing, huh? Yeah, I was so disappointed, you know, just to see something like that. And they yeah. not have anybody be able to verify it and back it up with you. And I was looking for an accident camera in my truck while all this was going on, too. And I was driving a spare truck that didn't have one in it, unfortunately. And I was really wanting to get some photographic evidence to do Sure. Yeah, that's that's you know what people want most. And Ronnie, you told us you, your first experience. You saw some th- things in the distance. They kind of looked like drones. They had some lights. Your second experience involves much larger craft and the what appears to be the abduction of a cow of um, some type of cattle being uh, pulled up into a larger craft. You become concerned. Obviously, you don't want to be the next thing pulled into that craft. You take off. What happens next in your story? Well, yeah, I just, I, I head out of there, and, and I look and check in my mirrors, making sure nothing's following me. <laughs> so I'm just getting out of there, and uh, I started telling some people about it, and, and, and man, you know, people just criticize you, and like, man, what? Sure, yeah. Ah, and I'm like, ah, man, you know, to see something like that and then not be able to talk about it is frustrating, you know. 
but uh, luckily I had some friends that I can talk to and talked about it, and they kind of halfway believed me. Now, wait, but let, me ba- let me back you up again, Ronnie. So this was in t- 2010. Is that when this was happening? Yeah, it's probably closer to 2009, I think. 2009, okay. So it wasn't that long ago. It seems to me that some of these discussions have become a little bit more uh, acceptable. Uh, more people are willing to listen to this and, and actually believe and, can, and have an open mind now than maybe even 10 years ago, which is about what we're talking about. Uh, have, you, have you found that to be true, that people are more willing to accept what you're saying now? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, it is, it's really opened up you know, here lately. Uh, and, and it's nice because, uh, you know, it's something that needs to be talked about. And it's, you know, and, and at, at some point I made a decision, you know, that what I've seen and what I've experienced is more important than my job even. Yeah. And, uh, and, it, and I mean, I would be doing a disservice to every person on earth to, to sit and not say, say what I'd seen. And in fact, and then I thought, you know, if something really bad went down like an alien invasion, I would feel really guilty and have to live with that because <laughs> yeah. I knew for right. fact that right. they were here and I didn't say anything. So yeah. I didn't want to through that let me ease your mind a little bit if we actually end up having an alien invasion i don't think you have to worry about being guilty about anything ronnie i think at that point there's gonna be a lot uh bigger fish to fry if you will so you 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 know get out of there that night you try to tell some friends about this experience you're kind of being laughed at a little bit or what or not believed for sure what happens next to you ronnie well yeah and i just and i keep gathering trying to get you know i start carrying my I, I had a phone, and then, you know, and I noticed that I had some opportunities. That I'd seen some other stuff, too, you know. You had had the encounter with the small probing-type device, uh, crap, drones, if you will. Then you had the, the bigger experience where you saw larger ships, and you saw nine different lights, and you saw the cow being raised up into what would be considered the larger ship. You kind of left the area. You tried to communicate this to people, and people didn't believe your story so much. What happens to you next, Ronnie? Uh, my next contact was uh, uh, I'd seen a daylight sighting, uh, and uh, and I didn't think it was a craft. I, I was coming out of this uh, lease location down here south of Ranger, Texas, down in Palo Pinto County, and there's a rural ranch house down here. It's, it's almost like nobody lives there anymore. It's kind of like a vacation home on private property. And, and I'm traveling by this thing, and it looked like it might be on fire because there's this huge black cloud of smoke hovering above the house. And once I got a, a closer to the place, I seen that this, this big black hazy-looking craft was hovering over this house. And then all of a sudden, four big old white lights came on inside the black, uh, like, like I had seen before on some of the other craft. You know, huge areas of illumination shining out of what seemed like porthole windows. Right. And, and this thing is actually takes off and it's, it's running down the road ahead of me. It's almost like I'm chasing it in my truck and I got a camera with me and I'm grabbing this camera up and this thing, I know it had charged batteries and everything and uh, the, the lens extended on it and the thing froze up and it, and it, and it hadn't worked since. Oh, and geez. I still have the camera and I was just frustrated to beat all heck. And this thing just was ahead of me. I was following it. But the, the thing about this sighting was this, this was like the, this was the uh, third sighting or the second sighting in the seven-day period. Right. So you decide you're going to go, you, you get a buddy, you decide you're going to go out and actually do some UFO hunting, uh, for lack of a better term, and you bring a laser? Yeah, I got this 250-milliwatt uh, 
uh, green laser. It's it's like a it's a little bit more powerful than a classroom a classroom laser. It, it shoots a, a green beam for about five miles, and 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 my thinking was I, I wanted to get my buddy to video record me if we see a UFO. I want to shoot this laser around the craft, and and I'm thinking that if maybe if the the alien craft propulsion system bends time and space, or bends space, that the a laser beam light should appear to be in. Why? Trying to think outside the box. Yeah, of course. But why? I mean, that's that's quite a leap because I'm not sure that I would have gone there yet. I mean, I would have been more interested in just trying to get a picture or something. But you're already thinking about the propulsion system. Yeah, I'm getting frustrated because I'm, I'm posting some of this stuff in forums and stuff like that, and people are just they say, "Are you ever going to see his lights in the?" darkness and they don't prove anything you know, it could yeah. be a street light, it could be anything you know so to get some real hard evidence you got to do something you got to think outside the box you know uh, so you you and a buddy go out there your buddy's got a video court recorder a, a video camera and you've got this laser what happens and i didn't i wasn't the first one to see it my buddy was actually he goes he goes hey he goes look at that he said is that what you're talking about and i looked over there and there was like a four light craft that came on it was probably about four three to four hundred yards from us and it and i was like that's exactly it looked like the same craft that i had seen in the afternoon over that rural farm home and i said that's it that's what that's what we're looking at and i grabbed my laser and i fired it around the craft and then Kind of a sense of fear hit me. I thought, you know, if these guys misinterpret what I'm doing, yeah. it's like this may not go well for us. You know, we're back <laughs> right. house of ashes, right. laying, laying next to this guy's house. You know, so I kind of sent a, sh- a shock of fear through me, and uh, I shined the laser around the craft. Unfortunately, I didn't see the beam deviation that I was hoping to catch. And then I had the courage. I thought, you know, I really want to shine this thing on the surface of the craft. So I, I shined it on the surface of the craft to see if it would reflect or give me an idea of more about the structure of this thing or uh, or how, you know, if it's going to reflect a lot like a mirror, if it's going to absorb it. Right. And I shined it on the craft, and it just absorbed the light. It, as soon as the, the laser went right to the craft, and then it just stopped dead cold. It didn't even – a, a reflection, like if you shined it on the side of a car, it would shine more than what it did on this thing. It was like – this thing absorbed every bit of the laser. Wow. What's your buddy and, and, doing during this? What's your buddy doing? Is he is he videotaping it? Well, I'm, I'm sitting there. I, sh- I shine the laser light on it, and, I'm, and they didn't fire anything back at me. And I said, I ho- I looked over at him, and I said, I hope you're catching all this on video. And I look at him, and he's standing there with his hands on his hip, and his mouth is wide open, and he's just gawking at this thing. And he he's never seen a UFO before, so I guess he just he just froze in the moment, and he just. He never paid no the camera any attention. Never thought about getting a picture. And I'm like, I said, Alan, my God, man, grab the camera. And he thought, oh, the camera. And he grabbed, he started grabbing the camera, getting it, trying to get it up and running. And I was over there trying to help him get it up and running. And then I looked back at the thing, and it just blinked completely out. It just gone. So uh, this is this is kind of uh, the beginning of when things start to get weird for you, right? Oh yeah, that's. You know, and I thought, well, they're gone. You know, we missed them. Missed another opportunity, frustrating mm-hmm. as I was. Mm-hmm. We had a really good opportunity this night. Yeah. And, and didn't catch it, two of us. But, you know, at least I did feel good that I had another person that actually seen it. You know, sure. apparently, apparently they don't like it when you shine lasers on their craft because the next night they paid me a little visit in my home here in Rancher, Texas. I had. I came home and and I'd had the laser out. I actually I think I actually shined the laser in my backyard before, uh, 
before going to bed that night. But the first thing that happened was when I came home that day, there was a big hole in my floor. And I okay, had, so I had, so when you came home the night of actually having this encounter and shining the laser, there was a hole in your floor that night. The next night, yeah, it the, was next the next night. night. Okay, yeah, it was the next night uh, when I came. Yeah, I, I think I I had worked that day. I think, and then I when I had come home, there was my I have a indoor house cat, and when the cat's missing, he's gone. So I start looking around the house for him, and all of a sudden I see this big hole clawed clawed in the floor of one of my bathrooms. Is so I'm thinking, my God, the cat done chewed a hole in the floor, and he clawed through there, and he's underneath the house. Right, and, and I and I. I called the cat and I could hear him meowing up underneath there, and uh, and I shined my light up down in the hole, and I never could see him, but I could hear him, and and I could, it sounded like he was close for so it's, some reason I reached my hand up down in the hole and I was trying to feel around for him, and I pulled my hand back up out of the hole and I looked up down in there and I could see some eyes staring up at me through the hole, and but it didn't it was scary looking eyes it didn't look like cat's eyes it I, and i'm thinking my god you're crazy for sticking your hand in that hole god knows what's down there could be anything you're not just a cat you know? right did so. you sign shine a light in there in that crawl space to see if you could figure out what the eyes were that you had seen or did you assume at that point it was the cat no at that point i just i, I had the opportunity to grab the cat so i just grabbed the cat mm-hmm. and, and so i didn't want to do anything but other just grab the cat and secure the underneath the house Right, right. So you have the, you have the cat. You've got the hole sealed up. What happens next? I go to bed, and uh, I know sooner. I mean, I know sooner. Go to bed, and I lay down and get my feet up off the floor. Mm-hmm. And I, I start hearing stuff breaking in the kitchen, and I'm thinking, dish. It sounds like dishes being knocked over, and I'm like, oh my god, this cat is just really making me angry tonight, man. So, so I decide I'm going to get up out of bed and go see what this daggum cat is getting into. And I noticed when I tried to get up out of bed, I didn't feel anything. I could not move. I was pinned to that bed. It was like it was like a six hundred pounds of sand had like like put on my shoulders. So Every you you I were trying to, to you shoulders. were you were trying to get up out of bed, but you couldn't move. Yeah, I could not feel anything hold me in place. But you couldn't move. But every- but every time I tried to use my muscles to like lift up out of bed to stand up, it was like you could just feel this force just immediately, just like you know, it's like holding you in place. It was like yeah. I hear cabinet doors opening. Now, my cat can knock stuff over, but he can't open cabinet doors. I hear cabinet doors opening. I hear drawers being pulled out. And I'm thinking there's somebody or something in the house. Where I'm at in the bed, I can see through the door, and something's, something's small streaked by the door. I mean, I mean, I haven't seen anything. Move. It, all it was was a blur moved by the doorway. It just shot by so quickly that you couldn't even tell what it was. It was just something brownish looking that streaked by. And all of a sudden, this thing, you know, streaks by again. And then all of a sudden, this thing, it does something at this point that just completely trips me out. It runs across my vertical wall. It runs in the bedroom? Across, in the living room. In the living room. At. Okay. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, it wasn't. There was another one. And I seen there's another one ran by because I seen them both run by at the same, you know, clo- in close proximity of each yeah. other. And I think hey, there's two now. There's two of them in there running around. I still, they're traveling so fast, I can't see what they are. I know they're probably about 18 inches tall. They're not even like three or four feet tall. These things, it's got to be like two feet or less. And these things, they're running, they look like they're running on all fours to me, not on standing on two legs. And they certainly don't look like, don't look humanoid from the 
from what I'm seeing. So how long is this? How long is this going on for? Is this like uh, you know seconds or minutes or you know half hour? What, how long is uh, this? Is probably going on for a few minutes. So okay. I'm sitting here watching and listening. You can't and, move, and all this stuff is happening. You know, there's two of these creatures, whatever they are, running around your living room, knocking things over, uh, um, upsetting things in the living room. Do they end up coming in the bedroom? Uh, well, one of them running. There's a third one came into the scene, okay. and, and he came in on all fours. As a, he looked like a blur coming in, and he stopped dead right in right in the doorway of the bedroom. As soon as he stopped moving, I could see him clearly, and he and he reared up from all fours and stood on his back legs. And this thing, it looked like a it had a humanoid looking head, but it mm-hmm. but its arms almost looked like some kind of an insect arms, and uh, it had like an exoskeleton body armor on it that had even the armor itself was like a reddish kind of a maroon color and it had thorned appendages sticking off of it like if you grabbed this thing it would hurt your hands because it was like his sharp thorn looking things on it and uh, this thing stood up on all two and he looked over at the other two as if to scold them and uh, i didn't hear him make any noises but all of a sudden they quit running around and started doing more searching and they started opening i mean every cabinet every drawer and the whole house was opened up wow and the next thing I know, all three of them came through the door at a blinding speed. You could, I mean, all three of them just jetted underneath the bed. I, I seen them run up under, towards up underneath the bed, and the bed started bouncing up off the floor. And it was, at times, it was like being picked up with me on it. And I'm a, I was a big boy at that time. I was probably 280 pounds. They were picking me, the bed frame, the wow. bed. Edward. Were they doing this with physically with their hands or whatever, whatever, some kind of limbs, or was it something they were yeah, doing they, more with some kind of you know uh, psychic energy? I don't know. They were they were underneath the bed, and I couldn't see how they were doing it. But the whole bed was being lifted, and then instead of falling back to the floor, it was almost like they were slamming it back to the floor. And I was just bouncing on the mattress on this thing, still unable to move. And then the cat freaks out, and the cat jumps off the bed. And he tears around the corner, and I could see him sliding around the corner, uh, getting out of there so fast, you know. And I didn't see anything give chase to him, but I thought, well, I've been abandoned by my cat, you know. He didn't. I don't blame him. I'd, I'd have ran too, but I'm sitting here being bounced on this bed, and then all of a sudden they stop bouncing the bed, and I start hearing them clawing at the underneath the bed. They're you know, clawing, they clawing underneath the bed now. Yeah, they're just clawing under, underneath the bed. You can hear the ripping of fabric, and then. Up underneath the, I don't know what's going on up underneath there, but later they, they ripped through the box frames covers and uh, up underneath there, you can see scratches in the wood. And I'm sitting there at this point, I'm just, you know, there for a long time, when you first see them, you're horrified. You're sure just you terrified. But if you've been terrified long enough, you'd be surprised that you just might be terrified for long enough like that. Just it finally built into a rage. And, and yeah. I was like, I ain't going to kill them or they're going to kill me. Somebody's going to die here. And I'm and, and I decided I, I would fight loose from from the, whatever was holding me, whatever it took. I would use every inch of strength that I had to bust loose. And I had a plan. There's a golf bag over in the corner, and I thought I'm gonna grab it, club out of that golf bag over there, and I'm gonna kill me some daggum aliens. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, I just used every bit of force I could had to bite this thing. And all of a sudden, this time that force that hit me, it. It, it affected my heart. It affected my breathing. It felt like it almost killed me. So the harder you struggled, the more you felt the force and the more uh, aggressive the force was. Yeah, before, it, it was just like it, it was just holding me. It was enough force to hold me in place. Yeah, but when yeah. I really fought it hard, I mean, it affected my breathing. It felt like my, my heart had trouble beating. 
And next thing I know, I hear them. I hear them over there, and they're getting into the gun cabinet right next to the bed. Now, this gun cabinet is where the laser was being kept that I used the night before. Okay. So are they bang. Are they banging off. at this thing? Are they like drilling through it? How are they getting into it? I all I hear them somehow or another. It was locked. Somehow or another, they opened it. I mean, it, wow. it was open, the top and the bottom. But see, I didn't know. I didn't know they had opened it. And uh, and all of a sudden, everything got quiet. I never seen them leave. I never seen. All of a sudden, man, my body jumped up out of that bed, and I screamed and cussed. And I grabbed that golf club out of that bag. And I had tried to do this like five minutes earlier. Yeah. You know, with no luck. Now I'm doing it without even, I'm not wanting to, I'm not trying to, I'm not thinking about it. I'm, it just happened. It was like they had broke, they had interfered with the signal that was being sent to my brain. And when they released me, that was the first thing that got processed in my body. And it was like my body was like a robot acting on its own. And, but the next thing I know, I'm really pissed off again and i'm holding the golf club in my hand and i'm determined to go on an alien hunt which didn't seem like a bad idea at the time so i just went with it i i went all through the house searching the dark corners and like i said every cabinet every drawer and the whole house was open so they're gone right they're gone at this point you don't find them anywhere right right they're, they're not the, there's no your house your house is a wreck the right. The, I'm assuming the hole was still in the bathroom floor. They were clawing up under your bed through the box ring and all that. Did you take a minute and like, and maybe take some pictures of any of this damage, or were you too freaked out? I thought about taking pictures of the box springs, but I thought, you know what, man, ain't nobody gonna. People would just say my cat did it. It was just scratch marks in the wood. It was some bent wire underneath, and you know, it's not really gonna prove anything to somebody who wants to be a skeptic and just confront you with it. And, and, and I had been through so much uh, criticism from skeptics that I, you know, I thought everything over and thought, you know, it's absolutely pointless to do that. But if you remember the hole in the floor, I patched, I put 10 over and I put, Oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying you you patched the side of the, okay. I gotcha. So, um, so they, they took, they, did you determine that they had taken the laser? Uh, no, the laser was actually, to my surprise, still in there. Oh, it was still there. Okay. And that and that tin I had bolted to the floor in there was pulled up and even uh-huh. bent. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, man, you know, I, you know, you think about how much force it would take to pull some screws out of the floor and bend that 30 year tin, which is tough as all get out. And they, they pried it enough that they, so, they got out the same way they got in. Yeah, you know we're we're going to end up uh, if we're not careful here running out of time again, which is what happened to us last time. So what? Let's let's move the story forward. So obviously that's an incredible experience by itself, but it doesn't end there for you, Ronnie. To move us down the story uh, the storyboard a little further. Right. You know well, I, there was, we were, I was doing some UFO videos with my buddy Alan, the same one that guy had seen up there, and all of a sudden. He, uh, what we were doing a UFO video called Man Escapes Alien Abduction there on YouTube at 131 in the video. My buddy said, he goes, man, I swear to God, I just seen a ghost behind you. And I said, what? Well, you were filming? He goes, yeah. Well, I was filming, dude. It was right next to your shoulder. And I'm going, when we looked and we couldn't see it, but well, we posted it on the video on YouTube. And then all of a sudden people started seeing it going, look, man, at 131, there's something odd. And I said, that's it. That's what we what he was talking about. When you and, say you were doing a, a, a- a UFO hunting or whatever. What were you, you, you were just out f- filming and what, what was this that you were doing? Uh, we were just, I was just doing a, a UFO video showing the, some of the pictures and stuff that I had captured in uh, 2010 in the Coleman counter UFO, which happened a year after the alien home invasion. 
So you were so, showing this stuff, kind of doing a little video to show it off. Is that what you're I, doing? Yeah, I was doing a video video to feature this stuff. And my, and my buddy, Alan, uh, we were showing all this stuff in the video that I had captured down there. And uh, all of a sudden, this ghost-like thing, anomaly, appeared behind me. And you me. couldn't, you look back and you couldn't see it, but viewers later, people who've watched it since, could identify the figure? Right, you have to slow it down. You, you have see. to slow it down, and I've turned the brightness all the way up. And you can even look on their alien caught on the camera, extraterrestrial so, caught on camera on my YouTube channel. All right, Ronnie Dawson's YouTube channel, you can see it. It's there now. You, people can go to your YouTube channel and actually see this video. Yeah, I've actually taken that the, the piece of the video. Uh, the whole video is there, and then there's an excerpt called the extraterrestrial caught on tape, and uh, and I bright, turned the brightness all the way up. And you can see this thing moving around. Okay. Yeah, that's worth taking a look at. So now, you know, you've, you've had these experiences. And at some point, don't you start to develop what you would consider to be a more friendly relationship with these beings? Yes. It, like I said, they never had they had never taken the time to introduce themselves or, you know, meet me face to face or anything like that. But that and I, I didn't think they ever would, you know, because sometimes a, a year would go by without me seeing anything. And I would think, well, I don't guess I'll ever see anything like that again. So I, my hopes weren't real high that I might even see them again. But in August 2017, they completely blew me away with the with the firsthand contact. And it happened right here at my house in Ranger, Texas. Uh, I was working nights. I had come home from working nights and I'd gone to bed. And this actually occurred about 9 o'clock in the morning. I'm dead asleep. I'm not dreaming. I'm completely out. All of a sudden, I had what was like a mini dream. It was like there was like two females pulling on my arms for some reason, and then all of a sudden, I slipped out of their grasp and I fell back to sleep. And I thought, man, that was an odd little dream or whatever it was. And then I I fell back to sleep, and all of a sudden, the same two females got me by the arms again, and they're pulling on me. And this time, they're pulling on me, and one of them says, "Help us!" and and I looked, and I thought, oh, my God, I must be stuck in the mud or stuck in a mud hole, a manhole or something. I'm stuck, and I'm trying to get loose, and they're trying to help me. So I fought. I helped them to fight to get, to get loose. And then all of a sudden, I, I finally got loose from whatever was holding me. And then all of a sudden, I realized I'm standing, uh, standing in my bedroom, and there was two females in there. And uh, I'm like. And the first thing they start doing is apologizing for disturbing my rest. You know, and they said they're from another world and we need to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, uh, this is the oddest thing I've ever seen. I don't know if you can even say that, Ronnie, because everything you've said so far has been very, very odd. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. This is extremely freaky because I'm thinking that some of my wife's friends are playing a practical joke on me regarding my UFO stuff. And then they told me they they said, you know, said. Uh, we need to have a conversation with you. Said, you know, said you're you're in a rift between your time and our. You know, they said it, you're in a, a rift. You're in an alternate reality and a time rift, and your body's still sleeping peacefully in bed. I'm thinking, okay, girls, the gig is up. And I looked over there, and there was somebody sleeping in my bed, and and I wanted to to step forward and look down on my own face to make sure it was me, and. I, and then I realized that I'm not standing beside my bed. I'm standing in my bed. So this is kind of like an astral projection experience for you, right? I mean, you're you were, yeah, you were like, some part of you was pulled out of your body. 
yeah, it's like my spiritual essence or a life force. Or where did where did they call. take where did they take you, Ronnie? Uh, they were standing there just having a conversation with me. Okay, and, and they were just happy to be there. And what were then, they saying? What was the conversation about? I mean, that's not a normal circumstance. Just it's not like they were talking about the weather. I'm sure. Right, and the first thing they want to do is tell you know show me that okay you you're apart from your body your body's there you're all right you're in no danger we're not going to hurt you they were just trying to calm me down and I looked and I kind of freaked out because I was standing in my bed up to my knees and I had tried to walk over and look down at my own face in the bed to make sure it was me and when I tried to take a step I fell forward I put my hand down to catch myself and it landed on the sleeping body in the bed about the knee area and and. I caught myself and I was using it to, to not fall completely forward. And then all of a sudden my hand went through my leg and then it went completely through the bone and everything. And la- and I could feel the softness of the mattress underneath my body. And, and I freaked out like, Oh my God. And I, and I jumped back up and they both of them were grabbing me like I was drunk or something. And, and they weighed me out of my bed. And, uh, and I looked and sure enough, that's, it's my body sleeping in the bed, and I right. turn around. I'm thinking, this is not a joke. These, And I look, and one of them is tall. She has short black hair. She has has blue skin. She has a big ruby red uh, like glued to her right cheek. She has like a diamond to, uh, glued to like her forehead, and she has like a tattoo on her left cheek. And the other one has big fluffy hair. She has a lot of muscle. She's really built, and she has... You can see the tip of these like cat ears piercing through her hair. Now, and aren't then, these aren't these things that you drew? These are your drawings, right? Yeah, that's my drawings. Because uh, yeah, I talked to Yvonne Smith over in California. She mm-hmm. said, "Ronnie, she said, just said take the time to draw what you've seen to the best of your ability, so that the people you know you couldn't get a picture of it, but you know show us what you saw." And, and it's not a great picture. And the, the female cat woman is better looking than what I drew. I can't draw a good looking female <laughs> cat woman. But, but yeah, don't, get the gist. I, I'm not sure that you want to you want to become a fine artist anytime soon, Ronnie. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> no, no it's, I was just doing what Yvonne Smith has, has said and draw, and draw what I saw to the best of my ability that I wasn't able to get a picture of. And this cat woman, she looked, she was definitely human. I had two arms, two legs, tall. Very attractive looking until you looked at the very her face and forehead and eyes were attractive, but when you look at the tip of her nose, it it turns into like a cat's mouth. Okay, and it has even has whiskers like she had trimmed the whiskers off on her upper lip, and they almost reminded me of porcupine quills. Mm, okay, but the way they stuck out, and I'm thinking, oh my god, okay, this is you know these these girls are really not from around here. This is not some kind of a practical joke. I see. And, uh, I see like a forked tail on one of them. The cat-looking girl is that. Was that what she had? A tail like that? Yeah, she had a ta- she had a tail like a lion's tail. It was big and fluffy on the end, and mm. slick hair. And she had it wrapped around her waist. Uh, she was wearing, and they were wearing clothes. And they said that you know our world's already been affected by watching your world. It said some of our clothing designs have become popular on their worlds. And they said designer jeans and white blouses and uh, yoga pants. And the one said said yoga pants. And she rubbed her hands on her on her legs and said so soft. <laughs> you know. Oh man! My <laughs> God. So well, so, I guess they really like our clothing here. I guess. Where did they take you, Ronnie? Because you didn't stay in your room. You you went on a journey. Yeah, they took me through a. a uh, I asked them. I said, "Can you show me how you got here?" Because I always heard that you know, if you get a chance to talk to ET, ask them how they got here. You know, and I did. I said, can you please, please show me how you got here? Show me how you got here. And she goes, yes, it's, it's quite simple. And she, she said, you just have to walk through this wall right here. And I said, and she goes, look, you can move to solid matter here. 
and they were they were they were correct. You can't move this solid matter here. Uh, well, I mean, you were, you were, your physical body was still on the bed, so that would make a little bit of sense, right? Right. It was. Now you have to understand that, like a like say something like a bed, like you have no weight. Like you can sit on the bed, you can feel the softness of the bed, or you can wade through the bed like a pond of water. Mm. You know, it's like you have no weight, but it was like you could put your push your hand through the wall. It it, it, it puts up a little bit of resistance, and you actually have to push just a little bit, okay. and your hand will go right through the wall. So you and go, has, yeah, you go through the wall, and where do you go? Uh, I, w- I was walking to the wall, and I noticed that on my wall there was a glass, and it was hitting me right in the face. And I was afraid that it was going to like break the glass and cut my face. So I was going really s- slow, and it seemed like they were frustrated. Like, just go, you're all right, just go, hurry, you know. Like they're on a we're on a time frame here, you know. And you're taking too long. Just go to the wall, you'll be fine. But anyway, I think they meant for me to to move to the wall and look on the other side of the wall. But instead, I thought they meant just walk through the wall. I walked through the wall, and Next thing you know, I fell into outer space, and I mean zero gravity, uh, and I'm sitting out there floating away from this thing. I'm floating out in zero gravity. I'm doing this slow forward head flip. There's this alien planet off to my left, and you can see there's three major continents, uh, small thin oceans in the, in the north and south pole of this thing are not icy but more like frosty. I didn't see any clouds. I saw a mist that covered the whole thing, and it's a large desert area that they later told me was caused by a nuclear attack from somebody and a, a small area of like jungle stuff closer to the ocean, one major inland lake. So I was taking all this in, you know, knowing it's important in their sky, look, their, their sky and their universal, wherever this thing is at, looks a lot like ours, but they're very close to the galactic center. You can actually see the black hole in the galactic center and all the sun's trapped in this thing being sucked into it. Like, and, and there's so so many there's so many stars and so much light being cast from this galactic center that it can never get dark there at, at at night like it does here. So I realized I'm looking at their world in the night actually the nighttime sky and I can see clearly from out of space what you know what's on the planet down below me because there's so many stars shining from this galactic center. And I'm sitting here doing this whole flip. And I'm taking this thing back in. I'm doing it as I'm coming over my head over my feet. Now I'm looking back towards I came from. I said, all right, I want to look back and see what I, what did I come out of? I looked at a black box. It's a completely square black box, no lights. Didn't look like a UFO craft or anything like it. It looked like a completely black box. And, you know, here recently the jets off the coast of Florida caught on their gun camera a black box traveling through the sky. Have you seen that video? You know, when I seen that, I thought, you know, I know what that is. Yeah. It's a stargate. There, there's a stargate being moved, and, and somehow or another, the jet caught a picture of it, you know? And because this, that's exactly what it was. Wow. It was like I walked out of a black box, and, 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 and she told me it was like a, this is like a, uh, they're really worried about biocontamination, cross biocontamination of the worlds or whatever. So that's like, yeah, bugs and germs can't get through this thing. It, it, it makes it safe. You're safe from physical harm there. And, and they said, you know, the, the reason for our conversation was to, how to tell you guys that those guys are watching us. And they wanted my opinion on it. And, you know, and I thought about it briefly. And I thought, you know, and I said, what would I, you know, what could I tell them? You know, I'm representing every daggum man, woman, and child on planet Earth. Right. Right. And I thought, you know what? I said, the only thing that's really going to convince you guys that these guys are here. It's a global display of alien presence. And I, and I said, that you know what? That's what we need, a global display of alien presence. 
and they told me, said, you know, said, said, you know, we'll pass, we'll pass this on to the, to the others. They call them the others. We'll pass this on to the other. Okay. Okay. And I told him, man, we really need for you to make contact because we're in trouble here. You know, I said, we're running out of resources. We're overpopulated. And she said, you know, and, and one was the, the cat woman, she was a geneticist. And she told me, she said, you know, we could cure most of your diseases, but you, it would increase your suffering in five years. You'd be so overpopulated that, you know, they won't allow us to do that because it increased your suffering. Right. You know, and I said, I know we're in trouble. We need your help. You know, we need your contact. And they said, the people of our world want to contact the people of your world. They're demanding contact with the people of our world. And they're working out the means to do that as we, you know, as we speak. I just hope it happens within my lifetime. You know, I, how long I ago to, was this experience that your out of body experience, your astral projection, where you had you saw their world plus you had uh, this particular conversation? How long ago was that? August twenty seventeen. So, so that was two and a half years ago. Have you had right. any, uh, you know, further contact with them to indicate that they may in fact be ready to uh, give us that communication as uh, you know, world to world? Nothing, nothing had really been gone. Every every now and then, I see the UFO lights come on, and and I try to get pictures if I get if I can. But I just get these huge, bright lit UFO lights that come yeah. on. It's almost like they're taking a flashbulb picture of me or something like that. And nothing really happened amazing until about three weeks ago. There was some weird stuff went on. What happened three weeks ago? Tell us quickly what happened three weeks ago. I I, I had what I. What I assumed was a dream, but in the dream they told me that they give me some kind of vaccination, and I looked on my back of my right left leg, and I looked, and there's nothing on my left leg. And she said, "No, it's on your body, back there." And she said, "On your body back there." And I looked, and and, and, and there was nothing on the body that I was in. And then there was another guy there. I think he's, he's, he introduced himself as Jonathan, and I was talking to him, and he said that they they had a, that he was in line to be augmented like I was, and I'm like. Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, you know. Anyway, it, it goes on that they had, I wasn't, I was like in a clone body. It was like they had pulled mm. me out of here and put me in something somewhere else. It looked like me. It felt like me. Right. I thought it was me. But this appeared to be an alien planet. This village that we were at looked like it was 1960 houses. They had picket fences. They had white houses that looked 60s style. She, and she wow. even said, you know, said, we designed this, you know, way back years ago. Ronnie, what's this, what's the picture that you drew that has what almost looks to be like a praying mantis figure? Okay, on the, in 2010, when the mother craft flew over me, I actually have a video of this craft, and I've been zooming in, trying to clear it up, getting pictures of it. And on top of this thing is like a 40-foot praying mantis-looking creature. And this is a real deal. I mean, I've got the video. I've shared the video. Mm -hmm. Other people have seen it. And people have studied the video and said, no, it, I haven't tampered with it or anything like that. But it, hiding in the lurking shadows of this thing, there's this 40-foot tall creature. And it's not a really, really, really clear picture, but it's clear enough you can see what it is. And I even showed it to a zoologist. And he said, uh, he goes, he goes, what? Where did you get a pit? Where did you get this? He goes, I, he goes, I know every creature on the planet, and I've never seen anything like that. Wow. I said, well, you wouldn't believe me if I told you that it was on the surface of a UFO recorded from a mile away, and it's probably 40 feet tall. 
and he didn't want to talk to me after that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, what again? I, you know, we, we're going to have to wrap up here, Ronnie. But um, you know, you've had some unbelievable experiences, uh, and they, you know, from your first sightings to your out of body experience, it kept getting more in depth and more detailed. What do you think the end game is here? I mean, first of all, again, I ask why you, and secondly. What do you think these aliens are out to do, and why are they here? Well, when I when I talk to these guys, you know, they said that they haven't. They, these aren't the guys that have been here. They didn't say that they were the only aliens. In fact, they said oh, the okay. opposite. They said they've been. They found us because our nuclear testing sent light and radiation to one of their planets, which is like in. in you could call it a parallel universe, but I think maybe it's a fold in the space, the fabric of space, where they're near us, but maybe we can't see them from our telescopes and stuff. Like, you know, somehow or another, they're cl- very close to us. It's not like they're light, millions of light years away. And, and they and they found out when they went to war with these other guys, and one of them, these guys blew up a large portion of their planet. And she said that's where the desert area on her planet came from was uh, at the war, the war they were in with these guys. And uh, they finally defeated them. Uh, or they maybe not defeated them, but they're still fighting them. But they found us because of our nuclear testing. And then they, when they discovered us, they, they wanted to make sure that we weren't in alliance with the other guys that had attacked them. And so they observed us for many, many years trying to figure out, make sure we wasn't in alliance. And, and I'm not so certain that the, the attack wasn't launched from here. And, and you know, I've even thought that maybe that's what the pyramids. Maybe the pyramids are weapons they use to attack the. Did world. you ever ask them that question if the pyramids were involved? No, I, I want to though because that you know they said they were watching us closely to make sure that we weren't allies. She, she said she said they know now that we're not allies or we maybe we didn't have anything to do with yeah. the attack from and uh, and that they're excited they want to meet us. The people of the world want to meet us and and they they enjoy our clothing. And uh, they're looking forward to meeting us, and uh, I hope it happens soon. You know, I just I have really- to I have to ask you about the one other picture too, because I think as you were describing the world um, that you saw, I didn't have this picture to show, but um, you drew a picture of the world, right? That's and that is that you floating by the world? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's me floating outside the box that was that they had placed over my bedroom that that allowed them to come in and talk to us and stuff, and uh, and that's the box that I had. When I when I when I walked out of the box, I was floating in outer space right next to the world. Now I didn't have to breathe. Gotcha. I didn't feel hot or cold, you know. Uh, and it was amazing. But I did start feeling sick to my stomach from doing all them head flips, man. Wow. And, and finally, when she pulled me back in, I was like, "Thank God." Okay, I had seen all I wanted to see from there, but but there, it's there's a lot of planets in the sky from uh, where their universe is or where their world is. And, and she talked like it's not just her world. The cat woman and her are probably from two different worlds. It's kind of like yeah. a federation of planets. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel threatened by this at all? I mean, do you think there's any uh, malicious intent and we should be worried? I was at, I was at first until after since they've made contact, I feel a whole lot better about them now. Uh, and, and at one point, I got really up close because I thought, if, you know, this is a demon because I've heard religious people say, you know, these are demons, man. You're playing with yeah, demons. Yeah. I got right in her face and looked in her big, huge, and they weren't black eyes. They were blue. I mean, shiny blue, and they had these white specks in them, and they were amazingly pretty, and, and it freaked her out that I was really close to her. And, and she did mention that 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 I should tell everybody that when when the people of our world and the people that we meet, I guess it's the first rule of contact, is they don't want any physical contact without verbal consent. 
they don't want you grabbing them or shaking their hands or holding them or running at them or anything like that. They want it. They they want you to ask first. That's all they've asked. You know, that's like the first rule of contact. And she did tell me to pass that on. Wow. So, well, um, we're out of time here, but um, where can people get uh, your book, which details your whole story? Yeah, I really wanted to get this thing on paper. And, you know, and there's still stuff. And the thing about an ebook is I can, I can go in and add chapters to it. So right. whenever something happens, I add stuff to it, you know? So, and it's called the Ronnie Dawson UFO story. It's on, you can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Walmart. You can order it at Walmart and they'll, they'll ship it to Walmart. Is it an, so, e- is it an ebook or is it a hard copy book? It's an, it was an ebook, but I didn't know they, but I didn't know that Barnes and Noble started printing copies. Oh, I see. Of it. They actually print it for you if you want it printed. Yeah. They, they printed copies of it. And I didn't even have any printed copies. I had to buy my mother one at full cost. And, and I want to tell everybody <laughs> that if I'm at a conference or something like that and you, and you have paid the money and got one of these printed ebooks, wave that thing at me. I will come to you and I will sign your book for you. That's generous of you, Ronnie. Um, promise me that you're going to stay in contact with uh, Slick Eddie and let him know if you've got. You know, more contact or other things you need to share with us that you let us know so that we can bring you back and uh, continue the conversation. Absolutely. It's, I it's mean, it, yeah, your story is, is, is amazing. I'm hoping that you're getting some traction and that more people are starting to take these things seriously because I think that, um, you know, like I said earlier, we've turned some corners, but I don't know that we've turned enough. But it does seem to be uh, generally uh, in, in increasing acceptance of these things and maybe even more curiosity, which I think is a great move in the right direction. Do you t- I would imagine you, you feel that way as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and every, every chance I get to catch some pr- physical proof or physical evidence, I, you know, I go for it. You know, I try, try to keep a camera with me and I try to catch something so that people can believe it. I know it's a whole lot easier to believe when you got some physical evidence. And what's your YouTube channel so people can check out your videos? It's just a Ronnie Dawson YouTube channel. It's I've got like one million two hundred and sixty thousand views on it. Oh wow, that's and great! I've got all sorts of UFO video. Everything I've caught and captured is on there. So great! I ain't holding anything back. Terrific, uh, Ronnie. Thanks so much for being here tonight. It, it took us too long to get you back on, but we appreciate your time. Thank you, JV. It's been been an honor and a pleasure. Amy from our chat room is on the line. Hey, Amy, welcome to the program. Hey, JV. Thank you. You said you have a story to share with us. Something that uh, happened very, very recently. Uh, what happened? Tell us about it. Yeah, it was it was uh, Sunday. We went to the fear home over where we where I live, and as you know, our aunt died. And uh, Thursday morning, so we went to the funeral home, and we talked to this lady. She allowed us to go to the view room, and while we were talking to her, Tommy and I kept looking at Norma. That's my aunt's name. Okay. And uh, so I look. I, I was staring at her. I looked. I said, Tommy. Her eyes just opened. Shut up, Penny. Yes. What? Her eyes were open very little, just like when you're, like, waking up from morning. Her eyes were open. Just a smidge. Then she closed her right back. And you both saw this? Yes. Wow. Even the woman did, too. 
The woman who was the, the, the worked at the funeral parlor saw it too. Yep. Wow. I mean that that would f- kind of freak me out. What'd you do? Nothing. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> stood there like I. Were you just stunned? I, Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Tommy was like, "Hey, I got an idea for you. How about you turn off the lights and let's see if she'll turn on." The woman said, oh, I don't think I want to do that. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was shocking when I, when both of us seen her eyes open too. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's certainly not something you would expect. And even if you're going to see some type of like spirit type of activity, you wouldn't expect that spirit activity to manipulate the body that's there. Uh, So that's weird for so many reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never experienced anything like that, even though I've had experiences, but nothing like that. No, I, I, I've never heard anything like that. So um, after that happened, was this before you had a, a service at the funeral home, or what was happening at the funeral home at the time? No, this was the day before the funeral. The funeral was okay. yesterday. It was Sunday when it happened. Wow. Well, um, that is a pretty incredible story. I I appreciate you you sharing that. Sorry about the loss of your aunt, however. Um, But wow. I mean, have you have you have you given it any thought since? And have you had any anything maybe at home where you felt like um, you know might be connected, like a a sense that maybe your aunt is visiting in that respect or or not? Tommy earlier. Before uh, we left the office over where a friend of mine worked, Tommy was like, I think Norma's here because I can feel her. I looked kind of weird, like, I don't feel nothing. Wow. Um, I don't, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say to that experience because I've never heard anything like that. And it sure as heck is creepy. And I'm trying, I don't want it to be creepy, but it just kind of is, isn't it? Well, no, not really. You don't feel it's creepy? You know, no, not, not when you know them, it's not creepy because you know who it is. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I still think it'd, be, it'd probably creep me out, but I'm not I'm not sure. But, man, I thank you for sharing the story. And, again, sorry for your loss. Uh, that's never an easy time for anyone, regardless of who you lose. But, um, wow, that's quite yeah. a story. Yeah. Let, please let us know if, you know, if anything else happens. Like, you, get, you know, maybe, maybe you'll see your aunt visit you or maybe you'll hear her or whatever, you know. I mean, that, that's, that's a strange enough occurrence that I'm wondering if, if there's going to be a follow-up to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I I told her. I said, "Don't be a stranger. You're welcome to call or show up." Yeah. Hmm. Wow. All right, Amy. Again, thank you for uh, being part of our chat room and listening, and thanks for sharing that story. You're welcome. All right. Um, I guess that's kind of does it for tonight. That was a very interesting story, both from Ronnie and also uh, the, uh, Amy's story there at the end. I I'm not sure what I would do. I. You know, having spent a considerable amount of time at funeral homes in the last few years, um, I'm not sure what I would do if I saw that.
Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.